Welcome back to Sundays are for the boys. I'm your host, Nathan Jones. You can follow me on Twitter at NATN03. We got a lot of things to cover on this episode. Uh, a lot of a lot of headlines coming out today. I'm recording this on Tuesday the 26th. Randy Gregory has been suspended indefinitely. I mean, this comes to, this isn't that surprising, right? I mean, Gregory's dealt with this issue before. He's been suspended a number of times. And um, this is kind of like the last straw for the NFL. Adam Schefter tweeted out, Randy Gregory of the Dallas Cowboys has been suspended indefinitely for violating the policy and program for substances of abuse and the terms of his conditional written statement. What does this mean for the Dallas Cowboys? Well, Demarcus Lawrence is going to make even more money. <laughs> Supposedly, the Dallas Cowboys offered Lawrence a contract ahead of this combine time, and they're the other side. Lawrence decided they're mulling, like mulling it over. If I was Lawrence's agent now, I would definitely turn it down and say, "No, listen, you don't have Gregory. This is the only real pass rusher you have, and so he he deserves to be paid." <laughs> That's all you got. And that stinks for the Dallas Cowboys. Good for Lawrence, financially at least. His pockets are getting heavier. Yeah, stinks. So the Cowboys are going to be in. Um, they're going to have to look for a defensive end. I didn't think drafting a defensive end at 58 was out of the question, but now it's definitely one of the top needs of the team. I mean, it's one of the most. That pass rushers. Besides quarterback, we say it all the time, pass rusher is the most important position. And we'll have DeMarcus Lawrence, but you need really pressure for both sides uh, because when they double-team Lawrence, they can kind of um, take him out of the game. The other quarterback's going to sit there all day and shred the, no matter how good your secondary is, the quarterbacks will be able to pick apart a defense. Some other news coming out is that the Cowboys are planning on signing Ezekiel Elliott this year. There's a quote from Stephen Jones. He said, quote, We saw what Gurley got paid, and we know that's probably where it starts. End quote. I'm a huge fan of Ezekiel Elliott. I'm not a huge fan of paying a running back uh, that much money. He's going to be paid around $15 million, and, and he deserves to be paid. He is the best running back in the league, but I just don't know if – that's what's best for the team long term. I don't know if investing so much money into a position where he gets knocked around every play is good, especially in a passing league. I mean, you. I'd much rather us lock up Amari Cooper before we lock up Ezekiel Elliott, in my opinion. Now, I love Ezekiel Elliott. Don't get me wrong. He's the best Cowboys offensive player on the team, but it comes down to positional value. Would you rather lock up a running back or lock up a wide receiver. Would you rather lock up a, the best running back or a great wide receiver? I would rather lock up a great wide receiver. People always talk about how the running game helps the passing game, and that, that that's usually true, but a great receiver helps a passing game so much more. It just it's, it's logical, and it makes sense. Like All the stats support it. Some of the news, the Cowboys are, um, they clarified once again that they are willing to pay Dak Prescott this offseason. He's they reinstated their commitment to him being the franchise quarterback, so he's going to get paid as well. And so it's gonna be a crazy offseason 
salary cap wise. We're going to be mining that right now. We have around fifty million dollars in cap cap space. Um, take off fit like around forty five when Demarcus Lawrence and um, Dak get signed, and you know to factor in how are they going to pay Zeke. They did say they are planning on having Alan Hearns on the roster going into training camp. I'm not a big fan of this statement. I, I'm part of the camp that I would like us to cut him or release him is the, I guess, politically correct term and save like $4 million in cap space. I and mean, we just don't, with Amari Cooper, we don't need him that much. We needed him when we got rid of Dez and we were in panic mode because we didn't have any receiver that was above 5'8 that could do anything. But yeah, I still see where Alan Hearn fits in. Especially with all these receivers in the draft, we could easily get someone with the same amount of production for way cheaper. Some more news. The Dallas Cowboys are supposedly interested in one tight end named Tyler Eifert. Jalen Smith also tweeted uh, Tyler Eifert, right? And Tyler Eifert liked the tweet. Once again, we always talk about social media and how. I mean, it's a pretty... It's the way players like to recruit online and put it in the media. And so Tyler Eifert is a guy that I would like to see in a Cowboys uniform. When he's healthy, he's one of the best tight ends in the league. In the same tier as Gronkowski, Ertz, and Kelsey. He's extremely talented. He's only 28 years old. But he has a terrible injury history. He's torn his shoulder, dislocated his elbow... He's torn ligaments in his ankles, said back surgery. <laughs> it's not pretty. But the Cowboys could probably get him for pretty cheap for a few reasons. Reason number one, his injury history. It's cheaper to sign an in, uh, player with an injury history, just plain and simple, because you know most likely he's not going to play a full 16. The second reason, he's guaranteed a starting role. I mean, if he's healthy and he's available, he will start, plain and simple. He's better than any Titans we have. He's better than Swaim if he gets signed. He's better than Jarwin, better than Schultz. He's, he's a, a lot better. So if he can just stay healthy, he'll be starting for America's team. That's a, that's a pretty good gig. Number three, he and Zach Martin were teammates together at Notre Dame. They played in college together, and supposedly were pretty good friends off the field. Oh, yeah, number four. It kind of ties into number three. Eifert and Martin are actually brothers-in-law because Eifert married Martin's sister. So there's close ties with Eifert and the Cowboys organization. So why wouldn't he want to come in Dallas? It's good for him as a player. It's just a good, it'll be a good deal all around. The Cowboys could offer him like a four million, a $3 million per year for four-year deal. But of course, on top of that, there would be incentives. And so there are a lot of misconceptions about incentives, and so I'm going to try to help clarify that. In the NFL, there are basically two types of incentives. The first one is called the NLTBE incentive, which stands for not likely to be earned. These incentives do not count towards salary cap whatsoever. For instance, if a team gives a receiver who has never surpassed 800 yards a $400,000 bonus if he goes over 1,000 yards, the player will get all the money and the cap would not be affected at all. These are nice because they're not risky for teams, 
Because let's be honest, franchises have the money. It's just the salary cap. I mean, people all the time say, why can't the Cowboys get them? Look, Jerry Jones is a billionaire, right? Well, yeah, but there's only a certain amount of money he's allowed to spend on players. The other type of incentive is categorized LTBE, or likely to be earned. This type counts against the salary cap at the beginning of the year, but if the goal is not reached and the incentive is not actually awarded to the player, the money is rolled over to next year. Think of it like rollover minutes, like in a data plan. If you have a 20 gigabyte data plan and you only use 10, the next month you get to use 30. And so that's really nice. Likely to be earned, such as, say, you've played 14 games last season, you'll get a $500,000 bonus if you play 14 the next year. So at the beginning of the season, 400000 will be counted against the cap, but if he only plays 13, the next year you get to have that much more money in savings. So the Cowboys could use a combo of LTBE and NLTBE incentives to make it so if Eifert played four games, he gets another million. Last year, he only played four games, so it would be categorized as an LTBE. If he plays 16, he gets five million. That would be an NLTBE because he's never played a full season in his career. So basically, Eifert signs a contract with only three million guaranteed, which isn't a lot guaranteed, but he can make up to $8 million if he plays a full season. And that would put him kind of in the upper end of tight ends. That would put him how much he'd be worth if he actually played that many, a full season, you know. And he probably wouldn't play a full season. He'd probably at most give you like 10 games. But, I mean, four games at the beginning, a few games in the middle, a few games at the end in the playoffs. That's all you really need from him. Having Eifert opposite as a threat than Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and Ezekiel Elliott, that's a good three-headed, like, that's good three weapons for Dak Prescott. You saw a lot of times Dak Prescott would throw across the middle in the the beginning of the season, tip balls. His first four interceptions were from tip balls. not saying they're all the receiver's fault, but they definitely were balls that, you know, Jason Witten would have always caught, right? They're kind of high, but Tyler Eifert has the range to go get them. So now let's, let me continue to talk about the fun stuff about Tyler Eifert on the field. He's 6'6", 250 pounds, or receiving threat. He can do a great job blocking. He can line up outside as an X in the slide in the wing. And, of course, put his hand in the ground and run every route. He's not just a guy who runs, like, short choice routes. He can stretch the field vertically and go across the middle. That's what's actually pretty impressive. He's With all his injury history, with all pretty much every part of his body broken at some point in his life, he's he has the gonads to go across the middle and snag a ball and get nailed. He has great range, good hands. In his last three seasons, he has a 77.4 catch percentage. If you want to know if that's great, in that same time span, Eagles t- tight end Zach Ertz, who's considered to be maybe the best tight end in football, has a 75.5 catch percentage. So that says something about how good Eifert's hands are. He's very reliable when he's on the field. And besides the stats, just turn on the tape, Eifert is running down the seam, snagging catches over safeties for touchdown. A few years ago, he had a 13-touchdown season. That was when he played 
um, the most games of his career. And he's been playing with a quarterback who I think's worse than Dak Prescott and Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton's a veteran, I guess we could say now, but I still don't think he's as good as Dak Prescott even. Adding a tight end like Eifert would drastically change the offense and put it back on track, probably. What was the worst part of the offense? The red zone offense. It was it was god-awful last year. And there's I have no question that Tyler Eifert would not help the team score there. He's a large f- frame. He can be lined up across the formation, and Dak can just throw a 50-50 ball up to him, and he'll grab it 7 out of 10 times. He can block. He can find holes and work against man and zone defenses. He's a really good tight end. <laughs> He's the man for the job. So that's my, I guess, little sales pitch. I hope you like it, Mr. Jerry Jones. Thank you for your time. Have a nice day. But seriously, if there's one position on the offense that needs a veteran, it's tight end. Adding Tyler Effort will be a gamble with very little downside. And that little risk is outweighed tremendously by the enormous upside. Will it happen? We shall see come in March. Before I continue, I want to remind you about our Patreon. If you've not signed up to be a contributor for our podcast, go do it. It's only $1 a month. That's less than a pack of gum a month. And once we reach 100 contributors or patrons, we'll hand out a free Dallas Cowboy jersey to one of our to one of y'all. And so that just gets, the money is going to help us go towards funding for equipment, better mics, um, a camera, so eventually we can do a video podcast. And so it's going to help us have a better, better content. Okay, let's get back to the nitty gritty. If you can remember back to last year, the Cowboys shocked the whole league by releasing kicker Dan Bailey. Bailey is the second most accurate kicker in NFL history and was the best kicker for the Dallas Cowboys in basically every metric. Was it the right decision? I would say yes. The Cowboys saved nearly $3 million in calories, salary cap space, and got rid of a kicker who's on decline. Bailey went on to Minnesota, and like every other veteran kicker who goes to the Vikings, he was terrible. So then Dallas grabbed Brett Maher out of free agency, and he did an okay job. Um, people talked about like, money Maher. It wasn't really the case. After missing his first field goal attempt, he went on to hit 16 straight, and he was looking like a Pro Bowl caliber player, but as the year went on, he just got worse and worse. Maher finished the season with an 80.6 field goal percentage. That's 25th in the league among kickers who had at least 20 attempts. I think the Dallas Cowboys need to address this position. It's not like another position like defensive line. You know, you can wait and develop a player thinking that, you know, he'll be something one day. He'll be something special one day. There are tons of kickers that go undrafted every year that could probably play and start. There's plenty of options. Dallas needs to have a reliable kicker. They don't need someone who can knock a 60-yarder. They need someone who can consistently knock down a 30- to 40-yard field goal. There are some kicks from Maher in that range that were just pathetic. 
Most games end in a one-possession game. With their offensive struggles, they need a reliable guy. And the good thing is Myers' contract actually makes it easy for the Cowboys to either release him or even to stash him in training camp. Or the practice squad, rather. They can draft a kicker in like the 6th or 7th round and have him compete with Maher for a starting role. If the new kicker beats out Maher in training camp, Maher will just go to be a practice squad guy. If the rookie struggles in early games, they can just go back to Maher. Or the Dallas Cowboys can grab someone in free agency. Some guys I was really interested in looking at was Robbie Gold and Jason Myers, but Robbie Gold is supposedly being franchise tagged, so he'll be off the table. But let me talk about Jason Myers. Myers, sorry. Jason Myers is only 27 years old and made 91.7% of his field goals. He was like a top three kicker in the league. He's amazing. He'll be a little bit more expensive than Maher, but the production speaks for itself. Look at every team that is competitive in the NFL. They all have somebody they trust to kick a game-winning field goal. In the early part of Dak's career, um, game-winning drives, Dak just needed to put them in field goal range, and Dan the Man Bailey would knock it through the post and win the game. Um, Every time, I don't know about you, but every time... Maher was kicking something from 30 to 40. I didn't have the luxury that I could go to the kitchen and grab food or go to the bathroom. I had to watch in fear with like my eyes, like like with my fingers over my eyes, peeking through like I used to do as a little kid watching a scary movie. You just didn't know what's going to happen. But so, will it happen? I think there's a good possibility. I think there's no reason not to try to address this. Because they can always go back to Maher if things go south. They don't have to commit one way or another. They can just have competition and training camp and say, okay, guys, fight for the job. That is all I have for you today. As always, thank you for tuning in. If you like this episode, feel free to leave a review. I'm going to put out more content here soon for you. If you have any questions or ideas, just tweet at me and follow me at on Twitter at NATN03. A crazy day for Cowboys Nation. It's going to be a crazy offseason. Go Cowboys. This is Sundays are for the boys.